I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Nick Lagona, and this is Bridge the Atlantic. Welcome to Bridge the Atlantic's interviews, where we get to know the people behind and in front of the creative industries. If you're new here, consider subscribing for more episodes. We're your hosts, music web designer Ross Barber-Smith from Scotland, owner of Electric Kiwi, where we create awesome custom websites for bands, artists, and musicians. And I'm singer-songwriter and filmmaker Marcy Novelli from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. When I'm not making music or doing this show, I'm producing records and directing music videos. Speaking of which, if you would like to work together, just hit me up on any of my socials. Before we jump into the interview, we just want to let you know that we are on Patreon and you can become a Bridger, that's your official title, for as little as a dollar per month. You'll gain access to our exclusive new Encore series featuring never-before-seen videos with our guests, and your support will allow us to keep bringing you weekly videos here at Bridge the Atlantic. That's right, and you can also head on over to our website to pick up one of our shirts. If you use the coupon code BTAROCKS, you'll receive 20% off your order as our way of saying gracias. Yes, indeed. And joining us this week is Juno nominated producer and engineer Nick Blagona out of Ontario. Nick's credits include Cat Stevens, The Police, Deep Purple, Alexis on Fire, Foo Fighters, Green Day, and hmm, our very own Marcio Novelli. <laughs> Nick has been integral to the history of music recording in Canada and internationally, and he has created recordings that played pivotal on the world stage for almost 45 years years. We are so excited to finally have him on the show to share some advice and knowledge with musicians. So let's jump right in. Nick Blagoda, my good friend, welcome to Bridge the Atlantic. Thank you. I'm glad glad to be here. Well, let's just get awkward right off the bat and have you tell us three Mm -hmm. things about yourself that everyone should know. I'm a terrible golfer. Um, (laughs) um, I like... um, Music from the 1930s and 40s. And uh, I play uh, chess. I also write uh, screenplays as a diversion from just making music. I did not know that. Uh, Yes, I I started doing that about 15 years ago when, you know, when you travel a lot and you wait for planes and you've got nothing to do. And some people have told me that I've got some really good story ideas. So I bought a final draft, which is an app and on my laptop and I started writing screenplays and I still do write screenplays as a diversion. Cause you know, I mean, just doing one thing in your life, at least for me, um, can be uh, boring and troublesome. So I decided to try other things. If anyone has seen my documentary walking proof, you'll also know that Nick Blagona loves polkas. I love polkas, yes. I, I like uh, heavy metal polka. <laughs> Is there any other kind? No, no, there's uh, there's a Hawaiian polka I like a lot. Uh, usually I like, I like listening to heavy metal polka when I'm skydiving in the nude. <laughs> Again, is there any other way? <laughs> there's only one way, yes. <laughs> well, Nick, 
not to divert stuff too much, but you've had a career that's spanned 40 plus years. Yeah. And I imagine that you've seen it all, the good, the bad, the ugly. What are some of the biggest mistakes that you've seen musicians make in the studio and how can they be avoided? Mistakes. <clears throat> well, it, um, I think, uh, I think bringing their uh, personal problems into the studio can be a conflict, but you know, it, it's very strange because sometimes mistakes end up being uh, a hit record. Uh, so I've seen people being assholes and foolish, and that's a mistake. But in terms of people making mistakes, well, I think in a recording studio, I think you should be allowed to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really the role of a good producer who, c- who can acknowledge that and move on and deal with it. Because sometimes a mistake comes out of the mistake comes a great song or a great performance. So, you know, it's very complex because we're dealing with human beings and musicians and artists are more complex than most people, you know. Um, So you have to learn how to deal with that early on in one's career. When it comes to choosing the right producer to work with, you know, what should artists be looking for particularly? Well, that's, uh, you talk about mistakes, that's where the worst mistake is because a a lot of artists choose wrong producers. And it's sometimes no fault to, uh, of their own because sometimes they they hear a record and it's oh they, I love the way this record is produced and and so they hire this producer and it turns out that the guy didn't do anything. It was the engineer that produced it or somebody else produced it, but he got the credit for it. And I've seen this happen many times, and uh, particularly with Canadian bands. Um, I've seen Canadian bands uh, sign an, an American producer, not because they wanted to, but because their record company wanted them to have a star producer or, you know, the, fla- the, the favorite flavor of the month. And they go to L.A. or New York and they spend $100,000, $200,000 on making the record and it turns out a real dud and they lost all this money and they have to pay the money back. So you have a band touring constantly to pay back the loan because, mm-hmm. you know, the band pays for everything. And if and a lot of band, young bands are very naive. And I've been through this before where I would ha- do a band right off the bat, young band, and because of what I did, they get signed and then they hire this American producer and it just gets screwed up, you know. And uh, that, that's where the problem lies. You know, it's like choosing a first date, you know, it's, it's my, my suggestion always with a band is if you hire a producer, do it for two songs and see what the, what the date is like, how it feels with them. And if they think that they can work with them for the rest of the album, then that's the way it should be. But only two songs or sometimes one song, because if you do a whole album with the producer that's wrong for the band, you're basically screwed. Well, you know, I've yeah. I've learned a lot from that, and uh, I remember you telling me that as well. I mean, I lucked out the last two producers I worked with. I worked your good friend Julius Buddy. Um, yes, we we actually we he had me over. We we talked. I think we both got a feel for each other, and we worked together. That was good. And then uh, with the record you worked on uh, with Jim Mort, you know, um, I didn't really know him all that well, but we had a few phone calls. I had a good vibe. I loved his work, and that ter- that ended up working out well, yeah. really well. 
but you know, for the future, I still, I, I definitely, I think there's nothing wrong with interviewing in a sense, or at least having a call or meeting and get a vibe for that producer. Well, yeah. You know, interviewing, yeah. Interviewing is one thing. I mean, you, you were lucky cause uh, I lucked you, out. You, you, you got great. Uh, I still work with Julius and he, uh, and he's building a beautiful studio. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, I had a great experience on on your last record, but you know the interview sometimes is just an interview, mm-hmm. and it really you really have to follow your gut reaction, <laughs> gut wise, you know, and and try try it for one song, and uh, and that kind of expense can be tolerated, you know. Uh, you, you, uh, people try me for one song as a, not only as a producer but as an engineer. You know, they send me stuff to mix for one song and if they like what i do then i i do the whole album you know that's the audition so it still works and it's very viable today and i don't mind being part of that because i think it's necessary i'm laughing because uh the gut feeling comes up so much on the show about just following your damn gut feeling and we all want to listen to our minds that trick us but it's about that gut feeling yeah, it's always the first impression, the gut feeling, and so forth. And you know, uh, as an artist, one should one should try to uh, ha- run their whole career on on that kind of aspect of it, because overthinking a situation can ruin ever- a lot of things. I'm learning that, Nick. I'm learning that right now. That's what this year is all about: is is stopping to quitting the overthinking shit and just getting and doing. And uh, yeah, I, I, you definitely taught me that. But to flip it around for a second here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what about what does a producer look for when they're deciding whether or not uh, to take on an artist for a project? The, so- the song. The song is the most important thing. I mean, you could you could tolerate a person's uh, eccentricities, uh, but if the song isn't there, then uh, I really wouldn't want to produce it. Uh, you know, it's it's like polishing a turd. It's still a turd, and uh, you know, sometimes you have to. Uh, if you feel instinctively that there is something in there as a songwriter, then as a producer, then you should spend the time to develop that with uh, uh, doing demos and working the arrangements and and sometimes uh, taking songs apart and being part of that. And uh, a lot of producers don't want to or don't have the time. They just want to produce the record and t- take the money and run. For myself, I really want to invest in the artist. My creed has always been uh, the song is the most important thing. If you've got a hit song, if you do it on a cassette, uh, on an acoustic guitar, it's still a hit song. Uh, are you ready for 20 questions? Sure. Let's do this. Coffee or tea? Tea. Meat or veggies? Meat. Twitter or Facebook? Facebook. Indie or major? Indie. Digital or analog? Both, but digital. Education or experience? I think with a good education, you have a background to survive. With experience, no matter what experience you have, you may not be able to survive. So education. Foo Fighters or Green Day? Foo Fighters. Marvel or DC? Marvel. Canada or Scotland? Hawaii. No, uh, <laughs> I actually know. Let's leave it. I like that answer. <laughs> That's a I'm fair a, answer. I, I'm, a I'm a Canadian. Uh, I'm a Canadian. So yeah, my, my, as I said, my kids are half Scottish, but I'm Canadian. Talent or attitude? Talent. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Trek. Hockey or baseball? Baseball. Ghosts or aliens? Ghosts. 
Batman or Superman? Superman. The Police or the Bee Gees? Two bands uh, that you've worked with, by the way. <laughs> in case nobody knows. Uh, uh, the Bee Gees. Michael Jackson or Michael Bolton? Michael Jackson. Celine Dion or Marilyn Manson? Marilyn Manson. Whale or Kale? Who? I just want to point out, Ross tried really hard to pronounce that. I in tried an American, really hard, guys. I tried way. so hard. He's trying to say whale. Whale. Not whale. Okay. <laughs> whale, whale or kale. <laughs> whale or tail? Kale. Oh my God, even I kale. can't say it. Kale. Uh, whale. I, I was patronizing Ross there and it totally backfired. Yeah, you are. Bet Midler totally or the Riddler? Bet Midler. And your final question, Ross or Marcio? Well, I've kissed Marcio, so... So me, right? uh, I haven't kissed you yet, so... This is true. Uh, I've, I have kissed and deep-tongued Marcio, <laughs> and if, therefore, it's Marcio. Fair um, enough, I can't argue with that. <laughs> because, okay. I mean, let's face it, you're just a Scottish git. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's why I am. Finally, <laughs> finally, everyone always loves Ross or Marcio. So glad <laughs> no, I have my always. team on the show now. <laughs> and now, and now it's my job. To do the awkward part of asking yes! for some follow-up advice Finally. after I've just been rejected publicly. Now you know how I um, felt for 150 episodes, right? Is there some actionable advice you can share with musicians to get them as prepared as possible for going into the studio? Like, what do they need to know and what do they need to do before they actually start recording? Well, uh, what you need to do is uh, prepare the song and make sure that, the, that it is your best song to record. and you need to choose the right studio and the right engineer to record. A lot of uh, artists do the recording themselves and then immediately think it's great and then show it on YouTube and it's really a piece of shite. And it sounds awful and it's, uh, it's embarrassing. And so what you need to do is, is go to a studio and and it, it's a matter of luck, too, because sometimes if you're in a town and you're inexperienced and you go in the Yellow Pages or Google the nearest studio and you go to letter A and that's the studio you go to and they have no clue what they're doing, then it's really, really tough. You know, uh, my suggestion is that you need to take – if you can take a course – like I give a course – uh, in Cubase for people starting out, musicians. And I teach them how to record their own stuff to the point where it sounds really good and choosing the right economical gear and then giving it to me or to somebody else to mix it so you have an objective view of how it should sound. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's what you can do to save money and to be totally prepared and uh you know if if you feel that you need to drink to go in the studio because you think you can perform then i think you need to get a new life because i've been there i've done uh, myself a bottle of scotch a day and other things and i've seen artists like another band great band from the, from scotland called nazareth mm-hmm who uh, the only way they could record was to get shit-faced. And it worked for them because they had a lot of money. <laughs> if yeah. you can spend two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars 
on making records and re-recording and re-recording, then it can work out. But, um, you know, uh, the problem with a lot of British bands is the uh, culture. It's a, it's a drinking culture. It's a pub culture. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, uh, you really have to weigh out between drugs and alcohol and performing and see where it lies uh, for your best performance. But I think you can do it yourself if you wish. But, you know, a lot of people have become control freaks and want to control everything. And that old saying, a little knowledge is a dangerous thing. Well, a lot of artists come to me and says, Nick, I don't, I did what, what it says here in the book and I, and why is it that my stuff sounds so terrible? You know, I paid $10,000 to this of acoustic guitar and $20,000 to this microphone and spent all this money and it still sounds like shit. Well, I say, you know, if I bought a $20,000 set of Nikon camera, you think I can do fashion photography? No. Not unless Marcio was a model, but, you know, <laughs> no. Again, I, my I, ego. I, <laughs> <laughs> I missed you, I, Nick. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't. I, 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 you know, it, it really is. And we should always, an artist always should know his or her limitations. Hmm. Particularly, particularly when you're singing. A lot of singers, songwriters, like to sing up high. Always up higher than they should. And I always try to let find out where their vocals are, where they if they speak normal, are you a baritone or are you, are you a tenor and so forth? Mm-hmm. And that's where you should lie. Sometimes uh, uh, artists tend to outstretch themselves because they want to emulate somebody else, not themselves. You know, I always have this problem. Can you make me sound like Paul McCartney or can you make me sound like, you know, Pluto the dog or whatever. And, it's about uh, finding your own voice, and that's that's what a producer should be helping that artist do. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and, or 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 a, or a vocal coach. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of things are missing. Sometimes, sometimes uh, a, a, a singer can't really sing that well because they really don't know how. So, what instead of a producer, they might need a good vocal coach. Mm-hmm. When we worked on it's not a excuse, it's a reason. I brought in my vocal coach. And That's I brought correct. the whole team there, and I mean, I've worked with her for years, and I think she helped make the process run so much smoother because she was able to just say one thing to me in like 10 seconds, and I was good for the next half hour, hour you know what I mean? Yeah. So having that combination of all you guys there, I think, um, it's just a, a, a testament to how important not just the producer is, but the team there too. Yeah, you need a good you know? team, and uh, and you always need a good team, and that's yeah. why that's why sometimes I wonder why when a band or an artist hires a producer and it worked out beautiful and it's a hit record at the second album, they get another producer because the record company wanted them to try somebody else. Yeah. And it's a total dismal failure. Now to everyone tuning into this right now, if you'd like to hear more from Nick, you can head on over to our Patreon page to check out our exclusive new series encore, where we'll be chatting with Nick specifically about how to make the most of your studio sessions. And I'm sure we're going to share some uh, crazy old stories in there. So um, definitely don't miss that and um, become a patron and uh, you'll get and get access to that in all of our Encore series. Nick, where's the best place for people to connect with you online, whether or not they want to work with you or they just want to see the hilarious stuff you post online well, that always makes uh, me laugh? I, I, I do my posting on Facebook. I, I, I have these one-liners that I use on my screenplays and I keep them in, like in a, in a folder on, on, on my computer and the, 
And I go through it. Oh, this looks pretty funny. So I decided to, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a great believer in puns. So I do a lot of puns. You can do, you can get me on Facebook. I have a website, obviously, nickblagona.com. You can reach me there or you, you can reach me um, at uh, the Kingston Penitentiary <laughs> where uh, I spend most of my time. Um, uh, it's a nice hotel, so I like it. I like to be there. <laughs> cool. Well, as for us as in Brazil Atlantic, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Don't forget to visit our website and pick up one of our shirts while you're there too. Yes, and as for me, I'm working on my second full-length solo album, and you can check out my music on Spotify and iTunes and just vote everywhere and anywhere you like to stream or download music for free. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, which are all my name, Marcio Novelli. And I am working on websites for various arts at the moment. You can check out my work at electrickiwi.co.uk. You'll find me on Twitter and Instagram as Electric Kiwi and on Facebook, Electric Kiwi Design. This episode was brought to you by 30 Rose as a virtual assistant and consultant to musicians and other creatives and social surge. All links are in the description, so please check them out because they do what, Russ? They keep the show alive. And if you would also like to sponsor the show, visit patreon.com slash bridge the Atlantic. Yeah, I'm sick. That's why this is very, wasn't, very wasn't underwhelming. Best. It, it was very was. underwhelming. Wasn't I know. The best. So I'm it wasn't very, your very best. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. We have recently updated our rewards, which now includes sponsorship at the start of our interviews, an opportunity for you to co-host an episode of Bridge the Atlantic, and of course, gain access to our new exclusive Encore series. Encore. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube so you don't miss any episodes. And please leave us a comment and let us know what you think of the show. Absolutely. Nick Blah. Gona, you are one of my favorites. You know that. I love you. I love you very, very much, very dearly. And uh, you're you're part of one of my favorite memories in my life, which is making my album. And uh, well, I, ho- I hope it's not just memories. My God, man! I thought uh, I thought we were going steady. Oh dear. <laughs> oh, well, you know, okay. I didn't get him to work on my album for nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nick, Uh, seriously, thanks for coming to the show, man. We had such a great time chatting with you, and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you soon. Well, any time. It was uh, a lot of fun. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.